this will be our best episode yet because it's just us chit-chatting. It's going to be our best episode yet because it's our best episode. By far our best episode. Wow, guys. We nailed it. <laughs> guys, we nailed it. You guys ready? And ready. That was nice and crisp. That actually sounded quite good. Yeah. You've been practicing. I've been, Herman didn't I, really work on his speech. He's just been working on that all week. I've just been working on that. You guys have been working on stats and and like data. I've I've been I've been practicing that my cut. Um, well, oh, welcome. I'm joined here today with Ray and Mike, who are both what you would call probably armchair experts in uh, sports in general, and more specifically in fantasy leagues. They've dragged me into a few over the years, um, and I've constantly found myself not knowing anything about any of the leagues that we're in and so that's what brings this episode here today my name is carmen i'll be moderating i'll be we'll be talking be chit-chatting about leagues and what kinds of leagues um the stats you should pay attention to uh so that that's what this episode's about let's just get started i think we decided we're right in baseball season uh, and so we'll be starting with a baseball fantasy league uh, and so let's just talk about the the types of leagues, or, or maybe actually, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves a little further in your 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 sports of choice? I don't know your ex your sports, sports of expertise. Of <laughs> sports of what? What do you call that? I don't know because I you know this is this is all kinds of things that I need to learn. I feel like you get to a point where you just start liking sports, and then like every sport is just your choice, and because seasonal seasonally um they, like sports only last a specific couple months so like something else has to replace it at some point and then you just go back to the sport you enjoy right like olympic archery. very true i i think your sport of choice is literally whatever is on tv at the <laughs> <Yes>. moment <laughs> so okay well i'll be sure to join wrong. our i'll be sure to join our olympic archery uh fantasy league for next next olympics or 2020 2020 or whenever they happen the 2020 olympics that are gonna be in 2021 there you go ah <laughs> uh, yes yes must be nice to have a four-year buffer to be able to do it you know like a redo for four years um okay so let's get into uh let's talk about the the types what are the types of leagues that we can start talking about like i think that's probably a good place to start um, no, no. So, so I think the the one I guess we can talk about is rotisserie first. Um, I'm trying to think of how to start this because <laughs> I, I would feel... say I would say start with a pun, like something about chicken. So there's got to be something about chicken. Why is it called rotisserie? You know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. why it's called rotisserie. Right, we'll have so to look into the origins of the word rotisserie, and we'll have to uh, get it, delve a little bit deeper into that in a in a future uh, podcast. But uh... but I was okay. Let's rotisserie is also known as spit roasting. It's a style of roasting where meat is skewered on a spit. Okay, so that feels like it has there it is. So how that fantasy. ties into fantasy baseball is a complete mystery. <laughs> Maybe that's the kind of tail tailgate parties they have. It's just rotisseries in the 
in the parking lot. Maybe. But, but anyway, the, anyways, the, the podcast <laughs> isn't about chicken. So. <laughs> but it could be. Uh, no, so <laughs> I guess the two we should discuss is rotisserie and head-to-head, right? Or are there other ones you're thinking of too? The rotisserie and like head-to-head are your basic points leagues. They're going to be your two two main types of leagues that you're looking at. Um, so, I mean, a points league is pretty, pretty straightforward. It's really, you have your different counting stats in baseball, and we'll get into that a little bit uh, later on, but essentially for each of those stats, you have a point value assigned, and really you just want to have more, more points than the team you're going up against for whether it be that week or throughout the season when it comes to scoring. So that's the, um, pretty much the rundown for a points league. Um, and then when you have a rotisserie league, uh, same thing, you have your, your typical stats that you'll go through. And basically how it works is you're pretty much competing against every other team in the league when it comes to your ranking and how well you're doing in those specific stats. And, uh, and those ranks, you wanna have the highest total amount of points. So the real key for a rotisserie league is really just trying to have balance throughout your roster in the specific stats that um, that your league's counting or looking at. So balance, is that different than what you would aim for in a head-to-head? Or is that just, you know, literally well, just I really a it, Yeah, I mean, in a rotisserie league, you want to try and do well in each of those specific categories, whether... Um, you know, like it's home runs or runs batted in uh, or for pitching like strikeouts or wins. When it comes to a points league, you're really just trying to get players who you think are going to perform at a high level, regardless of, you know, whether, you know, they have a lot of speed on the base path and can steal your bases or, you know, if they have a lot of power and can hit your home runs. Really, however you get those points, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as you're getting them. So let's imagine for a second, I don't know anything about baseball. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to think of a world in which I don't have this sort of all-knowing energy for baseball. Which league is geared towards me? You know, so, which league should I go as a beginner into in, in fantasy baseball? So I think it's obviously it's uh, it's very flexible. But uh, my personal experience with something new is. Uh, probably going to something that would be like a points league and it's like a head-to-head where you're looking at weekly stats. Um, I tend to enjoy it more because you're more focused on one other person on a week-to-week basis. So instead of looking at the league as a whole, um, you find yourself kind of laser-focused in one other team and your team and how they stack up against them. But that's my personal pre- preference. Uh, I like the uh, I like more of the week to week changes, other than the other one. Instead of like kind of tallying up points over a year, because it feels like it's gets monotonous. But that's just me. <laughs> so if I get if I if I'm understanding this correctly, a head to head feels like I'm on the pitch, about to swing my bat at a ball. Whereas the other, the rotisserie style, I am in the dugout managing a team and, and trying to get, you know, the best players so that I can get all the points. 
pretty much. Let's just say pretty much. So, uh, <laughs> I guess so. From a, from a fantasy perspective, that's pretty much it. In a rotisserie league, you're really just looking at a grind throughout the entire season and just hoping that your team is able to dominate in all those different categories. Whereas, you know, Ray talked about having a weekly league. You're you're able to kind of uh, you know put people different players into your lineup. Um, it's a lot more fun to kind of pay attention to because you're just going up against one other team. So it's pretty much your guys versus theirs. Um, so I think it just makes for a more enjoyable fantasy experience. And also part of the challenge too is uh, like for rotisserie league, just really trying to understand those different stats. And if you're relatively new to the player pool in baseball, which is probably deeper than any other of the major sports, it is uh it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a, a fun format to play in. You know, if you're a big baseball fan and you're pretty savvy when it comes to fantasy sports, but you know, when it comes to the you know beginner, if you're first starting out, I think a points league is. Uh, I agree with Ray. It's definitely the way to go. Plus, uh, okay, if you're playing with friends, and <laughs> it's a little better. It's becomes more uh, competitive when you're looking at it that way, right? <laughs> And probably a little more motivating to log on, you know. If I'm if I'm up against Ray or Mike, you know, there's there's not a chance I'm missing a week to like try and defeat these uh, people. I've seen but... from previous history in other fantasy leagues with you that does not seem to be the case. So... We have a wealth of years of data to suggest against that, but you know, for argument's sake. Yes. Well, I, I'm glad you bring data up, okay? Because this is a great segue <laughs> into, uh, well, one away from my ineptitudes, but also to highlight or focus on some of the stats we should be focusing on. Okay, so that's probably, and like you mentioned, Mike, stats in baseball are, you know, I mean, I've seen Moneyball. I don't, I didn't understand Moneyball, but I've seen Moneyball. There are lots to, there's lots to know. Uh, so. I, is it is it feasible to talk about all the stats here, or maybe maybe even just what stats should you focus on um, as a beginner? You know, like what what are the main what are the stats you really want to to make sure that you are on top of in your league? So so lucky for you, with baseball mm. or most sports, it's basic counting stats. So you don't need to get into advanced statistics at all to really get wow. into fantasy sports right you just need to count because well i think baseball is probably one of the most analytics heavy sports out there half of it which i don't even understand so <laughs> the they do simplify it when they look at yeah, the different counting stats that they use at least in most standard or traditional so, yeah so basically as long as you understand in baseball what the goal of baseball is which is to uh hit some balls <laughs> hit some dingers Just hit, hit some, some dingers. dingers hit some dingers bod chicks ding the long ball oh you know here's here's a side question and we'll get back to the stats in a second in hockey you have people who speak like hit you know or you have people who speak like top cheddar bod or something like that what kind of what kind of you know baseball player idioms are there out there that you can use um, or probably will never use, but are fun to know. 
That is a great question. I don't know if you can think of any off the top of your head, but I was gonna say it's I mean, my my baseball experience doesn't go beyond uh, t-ball at uh, maybe seven or eight years old. So, <laughs> so do all baseball players cry uh, <laughs> at bat? And uh, and then I don't know how old are you at t-ball. See, this is this is the level of knowledge I'm missing. All you have to know is that. The only thing they do is just chew tobacco and I was gonna say that you <laughs> if you look at the bullpen, they're there literally just a bunch of guys shooting the shit, chewing their dip. Uh, I, it's fascinating. Just the there's there's a whole sociology there. There's another podcast spin-off, the sociology about uh, uh, sports culture depending on the sport that you play and the weird thing, the weird shit that you do. But anyway, stats. Let's get back <laughs> to stats. Uh, so, what what should uh, so okay so they're they're simplified. So that's great for someone like me who, who needs to understand a what they're about before so, understanding the math behind them. I guess the overall <clears throat> overall point or purpose is for the counting stats, at least from a hitting perspective, or at least anyone who goes at bat is if you do anything that attributes to scoring a run, essentially. Right or potentially scoring a run, that's is what gets tracked. Uh, maybe maybe that's a little too generic. I just realized. Um, <laughs> I think anything that you can start. do to generate any type of offense, whether so I mean, every league is unique in the sense that you can you can customize most, and they may have their own stats. But um, you know, typically, if you want to break up the stats between hitting and batters versus pitching, typical hitting stats are usually like an RBI, like a run batted in. Uh, you get points for a home run, stolen bases. Works history leagues may will usually factor in like your batting average, so how often you're getting on base. Um, points leagues will usually look at total bases. Also runs, so every time you cross home plate, that's usually worth uh, some points as well. Those are your standard hitting stats that you'll find in, in most leagues, um, at least for hitters. Okay, okay. And so are, is, the, is there a, oh yeah, I guess there, there would be a split between uh, offensive stats and defensive stats. Um, what then, what am I looking for? So in, in a player, you know, if I am, if I am playing in a hockey league, I am looking for defensemen and I am looking for off, offensemen or goalies, Forwards. but let's not get Forwards. there. Forwards. Thank you. Um, and so, but in baseball, these, these are the same, they're the same people. So I'm not building a team of like, you know, off, uh, for certain people for offense, certain people for defense, they're the same people that have to have a relatively balanced, good offense and good defense. So what stats am I looking at to be able to determine that this player is worth worthy of being on, on team Carmen? So I think there's, you bring up a good point because I know that there's, there's two things we can look at is obviously in terms of offense and defense, um, for baseball, it's between hitters and pitchers, right? So you have pitching stats that you'll be um, paying attention to and hitting stats you'll be paying attention to, but they're completely exclusive of each other. So you're gonna, they, they don't, they're not like, 
it's not like you should have a hitter or a pitcher. It's just that you need a hitter and a pitcher to fill in your roster <clears throat> to a certain extent. Do you understand that? So yes. Are you saying though that there are you don't get points for people in the outfield catching a pop fly? No. I mean there are yeah. There, there may be some obscure fantasy leagues that include putouts, but that, that wouldn't shock me. But in most typical standard leagues, you pretty much have points for your hitters and pitchers. You won't really find a whole lot of leagues that will have any type of scoring for for defensive uh, type of plays. Yeah. Well, viewers, there you go. If you were thinking of uh, a baseball fantasy league and were you know looking to draft. Oh, I'm blanking on names, but someone who's really good at diving for a ball. Fan- fantasy championships. Let's just say that. <laughs> In this case, defense is not the best offense. Uh, you, you could you try. Want to go with... You could try, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so this really sort of simplifies things, I think, a little bit, at least in my mind. Like, I thought I'd be having to pay attention to, like, you know, people catching balls out and, you know, left field and stuff well, but it's just hitting and pitching that's all i care about yeah, but then, then it comes okay. to the next next topic or it's a good segue into positions ah. uh, because positions do matter to a certain extent in that you can only have one player fill in one position each day typically right um interesting in a in a standard fantasy league or baseball league is that you'll have one player per position and then there there are potential for like flex positions but standard is each position you can only play one person a day and by position you mean batter pitcher that's it uh so to to go more specific so like you can have someone for catcher uh first base second base third base and so on and so forth okay so why are you filling in those positions if we don't care that they're on first, second, third base, and we don't care that they're getting people out? You I don't... think that's just part of the strategy so when it comes to drafting. You really just want to try and fill those different positions. And you know that's where different things um, that we'll probably get into more in later episodes, like position scarcity um, or depth at certain positions but, may yeah. affect how you're drafting players. But that's also just part of the strategy too. When it comes to drafting, just trying to have balance, you know, in your lineup and trying to fill those different because uh, yeah, overall the idea, positions and, and pitching. Because yeah, overall, the idea is essentially you're building a team that will fill in mm-hmm. every position, but all everyone in a position will will attribute to your points in a specific way, right? Okay, so really, it's just to sort of avoid having people fill their rosters up with designated hitters and just just like owning owning the league is that would you say that's an accurate way to reason why you might be saying someone is in left field when really all you care about is how far they hit the ball i think it's just the way it's structured it's just that you the way fantasy is structured is that they want to make sure that you're you're in the confines of having positions matter um right but it's not about Mm -hmm. defense it's just how you how you structure your team right i think the whole idea with fantasy sports too is that you know as a you know when you're managing your team you're pretty much taking on the role of a general manager so you're really just trying to field um, 
you know, a team of players that you like, but also trying to make sure that you can kind of slot them into their appropriate designated positions at the same time. All right, perfect. So now uh, when we're thinking about specific stats, I think I've asked this question before, but what are the, name three stats. If you had to pick three stats that were the most important stats to focus on when deciding what players you are going to either bring into your league or put on your roster or sign in from the waivers, uh, which actually we can, probably, we can probably talk about waiver wire after this, but the first, you know, the top three stats that you think are the most important, or if that question is, a, is not a good question because you have to look at everything in order to be successful. I think that really depends on your league format. So if you're if you're in rotisserie, again, the key is really just trying to have balance. So you want to try and be as strong as possible in those, um, you know, specific stats. Um, if you're in a points league, that's where you know it's a little bit different depending on the on the scoring. But I mean, it's it's a hard question to answer when you're comparing maybe hitting versus pitching, uh, just because you're really looking at you know, apples and oranges for lack of a better word, but, you know, key things when you, you want to look at for your batters um, or your hitters, really power is always a good thing. So looking at home run potential, because along with that comes uh, like RBIs and runs scored as well. Um, for pitching stats, you really want to look for, uh, you know, high strikeout guys, because the strikeout in itself can, uh, you know, will help earn you points and, Hopefully, we'll kind of keep you going throughout the game, keeping the amount of runs scored or that your the pitcher's letting in down, and that can hopefully lead to wins as well, which is another, um, you know, scoring category. So uh, those are kind of, I guess, a couple of key things. But again, every league is a little bit unique and different. So you really just need to look specifically at, the, you know, the settings that you're playing in and, you know, draft accordingly. Yeah, I think the overall idea, or for for sake of argument, or the conversation is that you just make sure you're always taking a look at which stats um, there that your team, your league is counting, and just make sure that you're having them all bases covered, essentially. Oh, well done there! All bases there. covered. Wow! <laughs> you don't even, they you came even know you're loaded with the puns. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Um, so, okay, now there is one last stats question I have, and that is around uh, what I call ridiculous stats. And I just coined that. So in when we were playing in our fun league in hockey, this, this is what reminded me of it. I remember Ray being a, an extremely aggressive hockey player and just like, if he had, if he could, you know, take a cheap shot, trip you up, throw you to the ground, jump on you at his knees and skates, he, he would. And so that's what made me think about this. In our fantasy hockey league, we counted penalty minutes, which is kind of ridiculous as a, as a point system. You know, what, what do you, why is that a thing? Is there anything like that in baseball? You know, obviously there's not going to be penalty minutes, but is there like amounts of chewing tobacco consumed uh, or, or some sort of like fun stat that people can, you know, watch. 
I mean, quite honestly, if you're building your league, you can, you know, customize and include whatever stats you like. I don't know if, you know, the amount of times you, you clear the dugout is going to be a, a stat in most leagues, but um, quite honestly, in a, in a standard typical league, you're going to pretty much just have your, your basic counting stats and uh, nothing, unfortunately, too fun or exciting beyond that. But I'm writing down clear the dugout. We're going to keep track of that this year. And for our viewers, uh, well, you know, we've mentioned this in the introduction, but you know, this is all building up to a fantasy league team. And so if you're listening to this, you can you know, help build your team and play along with us or listen while we play and talk about our week to week fantasy stats. Um, now, I did want to talk a little bit about um, the waiver wire and, and league uh, settings because these really do play a large play a large role in like what how, what your experience is going to be like um, as well as acquiring players who need to replace uh, injured players which you know in many many of our previous leagues is the main reason why I was lagging so far behind you guys it was just that my I chose players that were just they had lemons for knees. Uh, which I think is a, a sports saying, if you guys didn't know. Sure. Um, so. It is now, at least. <laughs> Lemons for the knees. I mean, um, so I don't know, waiver wire, league settings, wherever you guys think we should start with both of those things. I mean, I guess it's uh, a good thing to start with. Should we that... start at the very beginning and talk a little bit about the actual draft? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah? yeah like, okay. <laughs> you can't go to waiver wire without a team first, I guess, right? Um... I, uh, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's different types of drafts that uh, maybe Ray can talk a little bit about. Uh, sure. So I think one that's the most widespread is, uh, is, is called, what's called the snake draft. So uh, it's it's interesting because you can a lot of people make strategies based on where you draft because the way a snake draft works is depending on what order you are in the draft, um, it's the reverse order in the next round. So for example, if I have the first overall pick right in a team of twelve in a le uh, league of twelve teams. Um, I would pick first overall, and I would not pick again until everyone has picked twice. And how that works is that when it gets to the 12th team to pick, that 12th team would pick again uh, as, the, as the 13th pick, and the 11th team would pick as the 14th, and it would just go in reversal order all the way until I go, um, the which is would be the 24th pick. Uh, now that is the downside of having the first pick is that you have to wait all the way till the end of the second round to get your next pick. But the upside is when the next round comes around, it's the reversal again. So it goes back to the first person, first overall pick getting the first pick in the third round and so on and so forth. So that's kind of how it works. And uh, that's actually what makes it fascinating to see who you draft or what kind of positions you draft because 23 picks between one pick to another pick. A lot of players can go off the board and a lot of people may be fo focusing on a specific position that um, you will realize you may not have a chance to pick by the time uh, it comes back around to you. So it's 
it's it's interesting. Uh, that's probably what you see the most. Uh, there is also auction drafts, which has kind of gained a lot of popularity um, in the last few years, or maybe ten. Uh, maybe I'm outdating myself with the last time I've done auction drafts. Um, <laughs> ten years, damn. But that idea is that players can go up for bid, and you have a certain salary cap where or a budget that you can use to spend on people or players. Um, the interesting with th strategy with that is uh, what can happen a lot is if you really like someone, you can spend all your, your budget on, but then you have very little to focus the rest of your roster on. So it's, it's an interesting ploy or strategies that you come up with. I'm, I hate being very top heavy, so I, would never spend a lot of money on one player, but that's just me because in real life I'm cheap too. So I mean, <laughs> it carries over to I spend to fantasy sports. As well. so I'm not... And you guys, you guys can't see this right now, but uh, we we have visual confirmation based on the amount of decoration in his room at this exact moment um, that what he's saying is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of the benefits of the auction draft, I know Ray kind of talked about, um, you know, having large gaps in between picks. It's very easy to lose out to, you know, certain players you may be really high on um, or if you're trying to address certain positions. So when it comes to an auction draft, you literally have the opportunity to have you know, anyone in that specific league. So if there's someone that you really, really like for, you know, whether they play for your home team or, just a big fan of the player and you think they're going to do well uh, that is one of the benefits of an auction draft however they are very time consuming drafts uh, at the same time so you, you are going to have to if you do commit to an auction draft which is a really fun format uh, you're going to be in for a long uh, for a long night so beginners uh, out there maybe stick with the snake draft uh, because you don't want to be scared away based on how long the draft is uh, or, or just set up, you know, this is post COVID times, just set up uh, a draft party. We've all watched uh, the league. And if you haven't watched the league yet, uh, you're missing out. It's sort of like the precursor to the show. You know, you, you really should watch it as, as a, as an introductory to fantasy sports. Um, and also just hilarious. Uh, but we, you know, they have parties, they have like fun, fun events around the draft, uh, which is something that you could sort of set up. Otherwise, if you're just doing it in front of your computer, and I've, I've done the snake draft thing, I, I find that way, way better uh, personally as, a, as someone who's sort of one foot in the door and one foot definitely not. I mean, you, you, you did say you're one foot in the door. So you did not have to specify that one was definitely not. <laughs> I just wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> I wanted to emphasize the negative of that statement. Um, so, okay. So let's, what is the sort of like, you're doing snake draft. What is the ideal position you're hoping for? You know, I, I get, I get the whole team strategy, whether you really want a player versus not, but like, you know, would you rather, would both of you guys, would you rather have the first draft pick or the last draft pick and why? 
That's a great question. Um, I, I find for me, I like to have balance on my team. So like Ray said, if you're drafting first overall, you're obviously getting a, like a total stud, which is fantastic. But then, you know, there's quite a big drop off between picking first and then picking at the very end of the second round. So uh, I definitely like trying to have balance. So if I, if I were to, you know, able to choose where I could draft, it'd probably be somewhere in the second half of the draft. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's all personal preference. I th- I'm sure there are people yeah. out there that want the best player available, like, th- like that stud, and then they'll figure out how to build around yeah. them after, right? So I don't. But know, what like, is your personal preference? Your your specific preference? I don't know. I I I don't. I rather go near the end of the draft because it's more reactionary. You decide, like, you see what everyone else is doing, and then you can pick based on that, and then. <clears throat> you hopefully can get value from there. But I mean, at the same time, like that's bite me in the ass as well, where there's a player I wanted. And then because I'm so late in the round, I've missed out on them in the first round. So like, it's, it, it depends. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very, it can get very complex, I guess, depending on who you That want. does put a lot of, yeah, that does put a lot of pressure on your first pick too. Like if you don't nail yet first round pick, if you're in those, you know, top three selections, there's going to be a big drop off between the other guys on your roster. And that is not a good way to set you up for success for the, uh, the rest of your fantasy season. So maybe a long year, but you know, if, if I could pick a draft spot, I think you, you know, you want to look at if there's someone specific in the first round that you really like, uh, you know, potentially where you're able to get them and go from there. But I mean, there's no right or wrong place to draft. There's good players you know, obviously all throughout the first round. So I think the, at the end of the day, the best thing is you should always embrace what pick you're going to get and start strategizing right off the bat because no matter where you... It doesn't, doesn't mean the person who's going to draft first is always going to win the league. Right? It doesn't matter, mean that like whoever's going to... Oh, definitely. <laughs> like your draft <laughs> position should never dictate who wins the league. So um, I think you should take it that way, right? Um, well, so I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to go first because, you know, I think everyone, most people have a good handle on who the absolute number one players are, but in baseball, honestly, I'm lost. I'm sure a quick Google search would fix that, but, uh, I would want to see like, you know, I would want to know who those players are if I was going to, if I was going to go first. Um, so what about... What what is the what is the waiver wire? Why do we have, why is there a waiver wire? Uh, is your team static once you have it? Uh, can you change uh, throughout? Can you trade? What what? How does all that work? So the waiver wire is pretty much a collection of all the players who do not go selected in your draft. Um, and to be honest, I feel like a lot of leagues are one in those you know, later rounds and your ability to play the waiver wire, especially this year coming up, the year of COVID or the second year of COVID, you're going to want to make sure that you're active and paying attention to your team. And there's probably going to be a good chance that a large portion of your roster is going to miss some time, whether it be injuries or or COVID um, throughout the season. So keeping an eye on, um, you know, on the waiver wire, seeing who's out there, 
there's going to be a lot of players that come out of nowhere. You're going to have players that you hit on when you draft them. You're going to have players that, you know, swing and a miss, and you're going to there want to cut bait on them. You're there going to want to cut bait, and that's where you have playing the waiver wire comes in. But, uh, you know, I think the key for success is really just trying to be active, really having an understanding who's out there and just paying attention to the, you know, the league as a whole. Now, do you have to give your player up though? Like, do you have to, like, you know, you, you've got someone who's like down with COVID, do you need to um, send them back to the waiver wire or can you can you put them so on a hold while you fill that position temporarily? It depends on your league, um, but uh, typically you should have, it depends on your roster limit. And if you have any spots you can put on the injury reserve, because uh, those are the two uh, restrictions as to whether or not you can add someone to your team or not. And so, but typically, if you no one's injured, say no one's injured, um, you have that. Say you have a 20, 20 player roster, you have to stay within the confines of that roster. And if you want to add someone, you'd have to remove somebody. Uh, in a case, in event of injury, you can put them in injured reserve and then add someone. But you cannot take off that person off injured reserve if he's healthy without removing that person afterwards. Damn. Uh, I was trying to think of a baseball pun for that, but you got kind of got to know the sport a little better, I guess. <laughs> Can't think of one. Uh, okay, that, 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 that makes uh, that makes sense. So diversify your team, diversify your portfolio. Because if uh, you don't want to be down a batter, because you know Encarnacion uh, injured his knee or something. It's funny uh, because I've been into a lot of stocks lately. I didn't realize how much fantasy sports is similar to like investing in stocks. Because <laughs> you do want to diversify your portfolio, and if people are doing well and their stock is low, you want to sell and buy right <laughs> or you want to sell high on someone who's way overvalued and try to buy someone who's low who's way undervalued this is just life in stocks same as life, life in stocks it's a good segue i think our next topic was uh gme and <laughs> <laughs> well, but no ray has it there the name of the game in fantasy sports really is just trying to find value especially whether it's in the draft or you know, looking at league settings, if you are able to to trade, just trying to get value and maybe trade players that are, you know, are overperforming and you think may come, you know, back down to earth um, for guys who are struggling but may have, uh, you know, better times ahead. All right. So we've heard a lot tonight. We've heard about types of leagues. We've heard about statistics. We've heard about waiver wires, league settings. We've heard some very corny jokes. Now, do you both both of you for the beginner uh, beginner coming into uh, this baseball league do you have any final recommendations for for someone like me who's going to be joining and i just want to maximize fun while still having a hand in picking my team and making sure that uh you know i i'm putting some effort into the team so i don't want to be spending nine or so uh, hours uh on on something like this so what, what are your recommendations for someone like me? Uh, 
I'll go first. Um, for someone like a beginner, there's uh, I would recommend obviously the number thing one thing is to have fun, and you know consider drafting players that you like that you like to cheer for, right? Because um, that's what will keep you in invested, right? But along the way, like learn learn along the way, uh, and understand the stats so that. Um, your team's not reliant on just the players you like, and you pick players that are have strengths that would align with what your fantasy league is looking for. And what I find happens the most is, as you do that, you'll end up liking more players, and you end up learning more about the sport and learning more people, players that are attribute contribute to your fantasy league and to their respective team in baseball, and you'll find yourself being a pretty big baseball fan. So that's my advice. Sound advice. I was thinking, I'm trying to think of another baseball pun, but they're just not coming. That was a home run, Ray. That's I was going to say, that analysis is a home run. You just hit it out of the park. <laughs> hit it out of the park. Yeah. Take me to that ball game. Yeah, yeah but uh, like Ray said, you want to make sure that you have fun with it at the end of the day. It, it's a game and you want to make sure that you do have players, you know, on your team that you do enjoy cheering for that, you know, that's what makes it fun really. Um, if I could give one piece of advice, if, especially if you are, you know, you really want to get into a fantasy sport, regardless what it is, is looking out or just trying to participate in uh, maybe some mock drafts. So what a mock draft is basically a draft for fun. You go through and you pick your players. And then after that, it literally means absolutely nothing. So it may sound like a waste of time, but just getting, if you've never done a mock draft before, just getting familiar with the, you know, how like actually participating in a draft for one works. Um, also getting an idea or understanding of, you know, where players are going, um, how to build your team. You can pick and choose different spots where you are selecting from. So. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, if you're able to pick where, you know, you're drafting from, um, you know, just having an idea how you want to build your roster, trying to find that balance and maybe, you know, picking certain players that you like. Um, if there's certain positions where there's, you know, maybe players later on in the draft that you like, you can hold off, you know, on, on picking those positions until later on. And maybe getting a little bit too, you know, complex when it comes to strategy, but just, I think, getting familiarized with the draft process because not to put too much pressure on the the listeners, but really your, your whole season comes down to, you know, your hour, hour and a half that you're drafting. And that's, you know, you're not stuck with your team, but that really is going to be the foundation of your team for the rest of the year. So just making sure that you're prepared. And I think uh, you know, participating in a, a couple mock drafts is a, is a great way to do that. I've been doing a mock draft throughout this whole podcast. So like, there you go. <laughs> and that's why your analysis has been so spot on. <laughs> DD designated drafter. No, that's not. That's not. It's DP, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's a good way to end this uh, this podcast with a swing and a miss. And we'll be coming back to you talking about more introductory league things you need to know. And so that we hope you found this helpful. Uh, and we'll see you all.